0: How did you come up with the idea of immersive? Where did you see?
1: How do we help brands? Now, if everyone's moving online, how do we help brands differentiate?
0: I think that's a great approach where you understand what the problem is and then
1: that's exactly the problem we've solved. So what we've done is we actually recreated their entire new collection in 3D and actually built a 3D virtual store for them. But we have a lot to learn, so I think we'll definitely reach out to Bluestream on that regard. <laughs> at that point, I was just like, dude, like, I, can I get coffee? Like, I'm awake, you know?
0: know how any know. human being
1: <laughs> So drinks are after this, or? Yeah, drinks
0: are after <laughs> I'm Tasneem Masood, and welcome to the social sphere powered by Bluestream. Imagine your favorite brand connecting with you virtually through cutting edge immersive experiences. In our very first episode, we talk about a brand who's revolutionizing the digital shopping experiences. Let's hear more. Hi, today we have a very special guest, Roshan Raju, who's the founder of Immersive, a company that is redefining the digital shopping experience. Welcome, Roshan. Hi. It's amazing to have you today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Great. So can you tell us a little bit about Immersive?
1: Yeah, I think just to summarize Immersive, It is essentially creating tools uh, using software and services and mainly 3D visualization that are plugins to existing online shopping experiences uh, to make them better. That's essentially it.
0: So when you say tools and plugins, so what kind of tools and plugins on what platforms?
1: Yeah, so we are Shopify partners. Essentially, what we've done is created the world's first 3D virtual store that works on any device using XR or WebXR which is extended reality and on top of that we use ai and a lot of cutting edge uh, you know gaming technologies to make three dimensional shopping a reality that solves variety of pain points uh, such as sizing visualization and general storytelling abilities
0: that's amazing roshan so how did you come up with the idea of immersive where did you see you know there was a gap that you had to build a company like immersive
1: yeah no that's a great question uh, i think i'll start by rewinding the clock taking you back all the way to the pandemic, I think we can all relive and remember that uh, we were forced to shop online. And personally, I don't know about you, but I actually enjoy shopping in person. And-
0: No, I do, I too do.
1: The truth is 80% of people actually do. Yeah. Online shopping today only represents about 20% of all sales. But what did the pandemic teach us? And after the pandemic, how did behavior change? In summary, right? I think the convenience factor of online shopping The ability to actually connect with variety of brands globally and even to go beyond and reduce costs of those in-person shopping experiences has transformed the way people look at uh, digital shopping. And uh, to be honest, uh, it isn't efficient. And there's a reason why only 20% is still only online and 80% still in person. And if you look into it, it can be actually summarized by a couple of metrics. I'm a big numbers fan, so I'm just going to spit some numbers So you can tell me to stop, but honestly, I think it's important we understand the context. Essentially, today, of that 20% of items bought, there is a lot of value lost in the process. Uh, And we we know that customers are unsatisfied because of one key metric, return rates. Today, 20% of items on average can even go up to 30% depending on brand are returned. So anything bought online, three out of the 10 items bought online are are returned. returned. Who bears that cost? The
0: right? brand bears. The brand
1: bears. And actually, globally, that's about $500 billion in value lost per year. And if online shopping has to increase, right? Today, it's 20%. It's going to become 33 to 40%, according to analysts. If it has to improve, we need to reduce that return rate and make shopping more efficient. And ironically, we can actually take a lesson from physical stores. If we look at physical stores, imagine we're going to, what name a brand that you like? Zara, let's just say. Yeah, Zara. So you're going into a store, Zara. Why do you enjoy Zara? Right? You're not only discovering products, but you're also having a customer experience. Correct. And as a three-dimensional creature, you're actually experiencing a brand. Yeah, you get to feel,
0: touch, and try.
1: And more than that, you're actually understanding about the brand itself. Right? The brand ethos. Let's just say you're buying a belt. Right, a ten dollar belt and a three hundred dollar belt. Yeah,
0: the experience in terms of raw different. material.
1: In terms of raw material, they're exactly the same. Same. In terms of utility, they hold your pants up. But why are you paying three hundred dollars? The
0: experience, the shopping experience that I get out
1: of. For the brand, yeah. right? For the story, you're buying. If it's a Gucci belt, you're buying Gucci's yeah. logo and everything associated with it. And as a result, that isn't communicated in two D. If you look at the average shopping two D experience, it is flat. Yeah. It is non personalized. It is, uh, you know, you see some model that looks nothing like you and every brand has a different sizing guideline, So you can't even try on the clothes. You're very
0: skeptical about the fit.
1: Exactly. And as a result, 78% of all items added to a cart are are, are not purchased. purchased. This is cart abandonment rate. And that's a huge problem. Very true. How do we help brands? Now, if everyone's moving online, how do we help brands differentiate? Not only on the way they present their concepts, uh, but also to improve those pain points that I mentioned, right? How do I know my size? How do I know how it looks on me, visualization? How do I you know, build a customer experience that feels more personalized? This is where my brain started kind of envisioning a future where we have to make these pain points solved in order to make online shopping reach its fullest potential, which is whatever it is, 33 to 40%. And that's exactly what Immersive is trying to do. We're building these tools for a variety of different problems uh, that solve using deep tech, using cutting-edge technology for brands to just plug into their existing online shopping experiences and elevate their um, customer journeys, and in the process, maybe improve loyalty, increase sales, maybe even theoretically even reduce returns.
0: That's amazing. So, can you tell us about one, uh, you know, use case or, or, sure. or, or like more like a case study of you know where yeah. you've helped a brand? Uh, yeah, bring so... down their return rates or increase the online shopping.
1: Absolutely. I can't say the name of the brand because I have an NDA, but in essence this I mean, was a Something standard... more in terms of
0: the kind of technology that you use that helps right, the brand right.
1: So our We're advantage. very happy to say even though we're a six-month-old startup, we're officially Shopify partners. And we have now built the world's first 3D virtual store plugin on Shopify. So one of our existing customers has a standard 2D website. They're in the streetwear business. Now everyone in terms of overall sizing and fit, you know, at the end of the day, it comes to design. But how do you show that design in, in 2D? Right now, it's just photographs. So what we've done is we actually recreated their entire new collection in 3D and actually built a 3D virtual store for them. Now, our, the beauty of our technology is it is device agnostic. Now, I, I do believe that friction is the challenge we're trying to tackle. Now, I'm sure you've heard the whole metaverse thing, and and we can learn a lot from the failures of the metaverse. So before starting my own company, I was dabbling a bit in the Web3 space. I was a consultant for a variety of luxury brands on their 3D visualization. One common point that they had a problem with was they loved 3D visualization. They loved the concept of actually being able to walk inside a 3D store, but... Why should it be on a VR headset, right? How many people actually have access to it's a VR headset? Very true. Very true. And, and I, that's I, something
0: that I've also thought. I'm mean, like, it, it looks nice and great and fancy, but you need to have access to that headset exactly. to even experience. Exactly. It. How do I do it? At, you know, when I'm sitting at home or if I,
1: That's the exactly office. the problem we've solved using our our unique IP. We've created an internet-based solution. So, imagine a landing page, right? Mm-hmm. www. Dot, you know, whatever. Now, I'm telling you, I can actually create a 3D gamified shopping experience on any device built on the internet. So, whether you're on your phone, a desktop, and if you have access to a VR headset, it would enable that type of experience. And that UI would specifically work for that VR UI, but
0: But otherwise otherwise it would work on a phone.
1: And go beyond that, we can, since it's XR, right, we can even bring augmented reality into the picture as well. So, you can actually walk inside the store. Interact with it like you would in a physical store, walk inside, see mannequins, actually interact, see the details, right? Actually be able to scroll through their 2D listings and see the product details, but go beyond that. If you're on your phone, you could just press a button like an AR view and I can put that mannequin right here in front of us. I can put the clothing as a visualization on you and bring that personalized shopping experience to the home.
0: The customer would be able to change the clothing, let's say, I mean, like like a red color They would be able to shop the way they
1: would in a physical store, just from the comfort of their home in 3D. See the fit and how
0: it falls on a 3D. On
1: on you. Yeah, basically. On you. Uh, So this was our first solution and we're going live with a couple of major brands as well. We're very happy with the progress we've seen. uh, But at the end of the day, we felt that, you know, this was a visualization solution. How do we go a step ahead of that? And that's when we started doing a lot of using deep tech like AI, uh, machine learning to actually solve the biggest problem of online shopping specifically for fashion, which is sizing. Sizing, yeah. And I think for women, this is affecting them a lot more than men. But every single brand, right, uh, has a different sizing. Different uh,
0: sizing. So
1: you could be a large in one, a medium in another. And this is a pain point. And what ends up happening is a customer when they're shopping, there's a lot of consumer psychology when, when we're analyzing this stuff, not only saying, okay, how will this look on me? Now, we've solved that with visualization but how do we take it a step forward saying that first purchase how do i make sure it fits on you so today we've actually we're, we're still training uh, we're still training our solution we're going to go live probably in the next few months uh, but uh, we're collaborating with some major brands and actually training our data set at this point but essentially from the phone itself on a selfie camera we're able to actually measure your body in real time
0: oh, that's and amazing. in five
1: to seven seconds i take about 26 to 40 measurements of the body Okay, and those numbers are then put into my AI algorithm, which then calculates based on the sizing guideline hey, you're a medium on this brand. Actually, recommend you to actually buy that with a confidence saying, hey, I'm 70% sure that based on your existing body type and everything, you should buy a medium on this brand. Now, how would that improve sales? We don't know the data yet, but theoretically, logically, also. I mean we we do believe it'll be a better experience.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I mean that sounds really interesting and you know I, I just can't wait to try out are. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Some, we'll some definitely
1: put you so, as a guinea pig. <laughs> definitely,
0: <laughs> I would love to. So uh, you know like in any tech development or tech solutions there are challenges, right? You don't get it right in the first go itself, yeah. right? How does Immersive um, address these challenges or how do you handle that? Especially because you're working with brands. So know oh, you would be consulting with brands understanding what their requirement is and then developing these solutions, right.
1: right no that's really a, a good question I think uh, I am an early stage startup so I'm sure there are other people who can answer this question a lot better but even as an early stage startup I think no,
0: how do you as a brand as immersive I mean obviously every every company has their own ways of handling challenges but how do you as a brand handle it or what is your I, I think at the, the end of the
1: day customers king. okay and and Today, we are building custom solutions for brands. Every brand has a very specific environment. So I can't build one virtual store and say, you put your clothes in that. Correct. Every brand wants to showcase themselves as Correct. a differentiated because they store. they want to
0: build their own customer experience. Exactly. right? So you have to
1: customize it. So that was, I mean, there's a lot of pivoting that happens naturally. And I think what's really important being a digital entrepreneur is, is listening to the customer, always listening to the customer. And the customer is always right. And what we focused on was you know, initially when we were doing our beta testing and all we were actually listening and actively working on pilots with customers and building our solutions based on that so instead of building a solution and then finding a customer we decided we want customers first mm-hmm. build solutions for those customers and then grow so i think that approach has helped us a lot and has avoided a lot of careless mistakes which we would have made if we had just made assumptions made some,
0: some solution based on assumptions some, some based. Assumptions. Yeah. So- I think that's a great approach where you understand what the problem is and then find a solution for it, right? Yeah. So now, because you said you're an early stage startup, so you know social presence and branding plays a major role. What are the uh, things that you do to brand yourself as a solution for it?
1: I think we could definitely work on it more for sure. Uh, but I think it has helped us connect with a lot of possible prospect customers. In terms of sales, I think it is a sales engine in a way. I think, so how do you
0: uh, you know, put across yourself saying that, hey, I'm here, You know, I'm a solution for you?
1: So there's a lot of fun experiments that we've done. So obviously we are very good at 3D at this point. And what we've realized is uh, naturally people also want reels and engagement on their marketing as well. So once we make a 3D asset for a customer, uh, we can plug that into a virtual store or even solve sizing and all of that stuff on the software and sales side. But that same 3D asset, we can actually make it a very high engagement CGI video that works perfectly and optimized for an Instagram. And that has naturally come up uh, based on customer, again, listening to the customer, they they wanted this, they wanted to promote their solution. So we ended up making these things. So we're happy to say like we've worked with brands like Blue Orange and like a lot of, you know, credible streetwear brands out of India came out of just pure experimentation. But once people see that uh, the amount of requests we've gotten, you know, saying, hey, we saw you made a video for this and it's quite an interesting perspective instead of us chasing customers customers are coming to us and i think that comes with our focus to quality i think all we care about at the end of the day is if we are touching it uh, we want to make ensure Mm -hmm. that uh, we tell the story of a customer to the best of their ability whether it be through our software solutions through a virtual store or through their you know creatives on instagram that has come up in various ways from collaborating with them Uh, on Instagram posts to even just, you know, applying to competitions. So I think uh, there was a a challenge, actually. One of our investors uh, mentioned saying, hey, boldly make a video for a Fortune 500 company in the FMCG space. So we said, hey, let's just make a video for Dunkin' Donuts. And I happened to be in Boston at that time. So Dunkin' is based in Boston. So I recorded a very iconic building called the Prudential, and we threw donuts on that. And (laughs) And it went organically viral. We and actually Dunkin' India reached out to us after saying, "Hey, this is really cool. Uh, Can
0: we work together? Possibly
1: in, in our next project. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely keep you in mind." So it's a fun way to connect with brands, but also to possibly find like new leads and maybe even more business prospects. So, but we have a lot to learn. So I think we'll definitely reach out to BlueStream on that regard.
0: <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, in the last couple of years, tech has been rapidly. Uh, you know, changing, right? So how important do you think is to, you know, be on track or be ahead of the
1: uh, game? I'm an athlete. And, you know, I, I think one time, uh, you know, I went to a, a shooting range. Okay, I, I'm not a gun advocate at all, but I was in Texas and I was with the client and we went to a, a gun range and it was a moving target. And what I learned from that was if you always shoot at where the, the target is, you'll always miss. Mm-hmm. So you have to shoot where it's going to go. Okay. And today with technology, it is moving so fast. I mean, even as a deep tech company, I swear every month we have to look and what are the solutions out there because it's changing rapidly. My advice to other entrepreneurs in the tech space, especially deep tech and early stage, shoot where it's going to go. Today, technology is not limited by software. I think it's based on imagination. Uh, We are coming to a point where AI is automating even code. Uh, to an extent. There is some hallucination, but uh, there's a lot of automation coming into play. So productivity-wise, today, you can build a lot of things. The question is, should I build it? And I think that comes down to, at the end of the day, understanding people, because technology is not a solution for tech. At the end of the day, people are creating solutions for people. So always understand your audience, understand their pain points, and if your technology can help them in any way, and whether it's a people or a brand, same thing. You will always be successful. I think that that is a lesson we've gotten from our mentors. Uh, so, like I mentioned, uh, you know, my investor also happens to be my father, uh, who is a very successful serial entrepreneur. Yeah. So
0: on those lines, like you come from a background of family, uh, uh, you know, an entrepreneurial family. So has that influenced to start definitely. your uh, own company?
1: Yeah. No. Definitely. I, I think. When I was a kid I used to read a lot of philosophy and one of my favorite quotes was I know that I don't know and I learned that very young and I'm very grateful that I'm the youngest in my family I know usually they say oh the elder sibling you know has all the benefits I actually think uh, it's
0: always the youngest one who has the benefits
1: I think so definitely (laughs) we're definitely the spoiled ones yeah but beyond that I also think we get to learn from you know our, our elders yeah, and I've been fortunate to have a very loving family and
0: uh, their experiences their experiences yeah. and their
1: wisdom trickling down so I never had to make the same mistakes and definitely having a father who was a serial entrepreneur, three ventures brings in a lot of wisdom that uh, I would have definitely not had and
0: Has he influenced you?
1: Yeah, in a lot, in a lot of ways. <laughs> definitely I think um, it is tough always having a relationship that with a you know a father figure who is an entrepreneur as well, and then you know working with family. But you know I think it's very important to set those guidelines, saying hey, when we have a meeting, wear a different hat, and and setting those boundary lines between family and business, and that comes with maturity. But uh, I'm very grateful that you know that has come organically within our family. And since I was a kid, I feel like growing up in an entrepreneurial house, you understand the sacrifices at a young age. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who aspire to be entrepreneurs, they think. Yeah, it's really easy. You know, I have a great idea. Congratulations. Thousands of people have ideas every day. And there's a reason why 90% of entrepreneurs fail. Could be a variety of reasons. But I think a lot of times they misunderstand how much sacrifice is needed. A lot of personal, you know, sacrifices needed. Yeah, a lot of, true. you know, it's things that... Like it's not an easy
0: journey. yeah, not. And it's a constant learning process, I feel. Right?
1: Definitely, definitely. I, I don't think you can be an entrepreneur today if you're not willing to, to have, a, yeah, half, have a half mindset, full yeah. mindset.
0: Correct. Very true. Uh, You know, we spoke about a lot of things and we spoke about tech and how tech has been changing. I was just thinking, you know, does tech, I mean, how how does tech help or, you know, AI or deep tech help marketing? Or how can marketers use uh, deep tech to come up with better stories or, you know, better branding experiences?
1: Like I said, I mean, today technology is not limited by the actual ability to make it, but by imagination. So actually, I think we're coming at an era where our advertising can become more personalized than ever before today. There's big data has is everywhere. I mean, I'm sure Instagram is listening to our conversation right now. So the amount of data that is out there is incredible. Now what you do with that data is now up to, you know, marketing brands and everything. So personalized advertisements already existed, but I think it'll go a step further. Uh, what I envision is, you know, visual like 3d visualization coming into play where, advertisements why can't i have an avatar imagine an advertisement where i sell to myself where at the end of the day what what are we trying to do we're trying to sell a dream we're trying to sell a concept right but at some point i have to imagine myself like, specifically for let's just say fashion right uh, i have to imagine myself uh, in that you know person i do think that the technology is coming to a point where i can actually start visualizing myself in those products right i don't have to see you know some random actor or or some random model who looks nothing like me i'll see myself and i don't have to take that creative you know expectation building that yeah. could be you know over over expectation or under uh, under expected you know all of that so we're at an era where personalization is going, going to, to become a major, 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 role major role and and on all fields healthcare um, marketing fashion yeah. you name it this era is all about personalization but we must be careful right i think we have to have ethical boundaries in place even when we're building. Because like I said, uh, you can build anything. But another question is, should I build it? Not only to help customers, but should I build it in order to help society?
0: Society, right? Uh, yeah. How, know, what, is what are the impact to yes. What are the long-term really impacts? impacts? Because
1: you have to start thinking that way. Because yes. it is becoming very fast paced and, fast-paced and, and, and look, so
0: much of data out there.
1: Yeah. And when, what, what do you do with that with data? data? How do we protect data. customers on their data? Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh,
0: do you have all those, uh, you know, uh, in place where you definitely, to, I think privacy policies of
1: how to, of course, yeah. confidential. Yeah. I think, uh, usually when, so me and my co-founder when we're even talking about strategy and even in our R and D process of when we're building new technologies, a key part of that is how do we protect customer data? And, and how do we also put limitations on machine learning and our AI implications, right? Uh, there, there, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that happen, but it's definitely something we consider in, in every stakeholder thought process. That's great. So
0: where do you see, uh, you know, the ing- Indian digital shopping experience going to? I mean, obviously, you've worked with companies in the U.S. and I mean, you, um, I think major of your clients are... Actually, of most of them are, are in India.
1: So Are in India. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's
0: great. So where I, do you see, I mean, obviously the digital, uh, I mean, the entire retail space, you know, when if you compare to US, UAE or India, it's completely different how India operates and where do you see India going?
1: Firstly, online shopping is going to grow. That's undeniable. I think there's going to be a lot of revolutions on the supply chain end. a lot of cloud based, uh, you know, retail companies are going to start coming into existence. I'm not saying physical shopping will disappear. I think it'll stay, very much stay there, but it'll be more experience oriented. And today, I mean, I mean, this happens a lot. At a lot in my generation, people will go to the store to discover the brand, try it on, yeah, and then shop online. Shop online because there's some discount. So I do think that is going to continue. But a lot of those parts, we it, which we,
0: we do it the other way,
1: yeah, exactly. We
0: discover online when we go offline, and then like to try and
1: yeah. But that point where you have to go into a store to try it on will disappear as well through Uh technologies that I'm building. So I I do think that online shopping is undeniably going to be...
0: For sure, yeah. It's going to be
1: a part of this story. And I think brands will start to adapt. And now India, I do think that there is a lot of digital initiatives like ONDC. So I do think next 10 years, the digitization of commerce... Is going to explode in India, right. and with fintech solutions like UPI, making transactions online uh, as easy as you know paying like a chaiwala to a, like a grocery store. I mean, I don't even carry cash anymore. Yeah,
0: and also with solutions like Pay and Simple, that you know you have EMI options. Correct. I think so fintech is making trouble. it much, yeah, easier much easier to
1: have you know online transactions, and the ease of it is yes. going to just you know exponentially grow. And now we're talking about experiences, right? And how to differentiate online. So this is the natural evolution of it. And I also think hardware. There's a lot of initiatives, right? Whether it be Apple, Meta, Geo, three-dimensional hardware is going to start entering. I think we're in the early stages of like uh, you know how the iPhone when it first came out, first phone, when when the first smartphone came out, people ridiculed it. It was the Blackberry era. And everyone was you know making fun of oh why would i ever buy such an expensive right, yeah. thing can we even live without an iphone today no it's not. i think we're entering a digital world where headsets are going to allow us to access data on a completely different scale i think we're i'm saying tony stark level stuff where you'll be able to have a conversation i can visualize concepts right here augmented reality mixed reality these are going to be keywords help storytelling uh, transcend and it's a very exciting future and uh, we're cautiously, you know, and v- very optimistic uh, about how we can help brands make that future That would be an
0: interesting journey for you, right? So where do you envision Immersive in the next five years?
1: It's hard for even an entrepreneur to think beyond one month, one month. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, ideally, I do think Immersive will be working with a couple hundred brands. Uh, by then, we would have our virtual store fully live, possibly even our template logic, even live on that. Um, not only on Shopify, but also on you know custom websites and even other platforms like WooCommerce and Magenta. Uh, I do see that definitely happening, but I also do think our AI solutions are going to pick up a lot more. We do hope to solve the problem of sizing,
0: sizing. and, that's, and, that's and fitting, but, both yeah.
1: both parts, visualization and the size requirement uh, in one shot. And I do think our solution will help online shopping and in the process, even possibly be more sustainable for the environment. I think uh, we really do care about the impact of, you know, the carbon footprint these brands have. And I mean, we didn't even touch base on how, you know, retail but industry, in your, your, it's definitely, it's definitely, we have like, to think about it. Yeah. I think we have to think about the long-term sustainability of our planet Correct. and how do we also help on that end. On and at the end of the day, you know, if we can help small brands as well, not just luxury, I think that's really important to my vision. I, we want to work with luxury brands and we primarily do but I want this technology to be accessible to, to anyone who envisions and wants to, to be able to use it.
0: I'm sure it'll be, I mean in the coming years, right? Yeah, like, yeah. the way the world is changing yeah. rapidly. As a digital entrepreneur, you know, uh, who's in the tech space, how do you brand yourself? I mean, because for an entrepreneur, it's very, very important to brand themselves so that, you know, you talk for the company, right, in most of the places yeah so how do you do that
1: it's a good question the thing is i think i just am myself <laughs> i don't know how to be anyone else but myself being very honest but i think my passion speaks for the company i think as a as a founder what i wake up to what i what i dream of every day is this this child of mine immersive and i think that is what i communicate when i when i speak to people and i think that's the first thing i think that's the sixth sense everyone has genuinity and passion and I think my passion to to make this stream a reality is what I try to communicate as a brand in personal brand now in terms of how we use social media I think we can definitely use it a little better being very honest with you but the goal is we want to be able to number one help people understand what is possible Mm -hmm. because I think when we're talking about futuristic technologies we have to help people even understand and imagine what is possible yeah
0: because I think that's something that people don't yeah. i don't, i'm not able to comprehend yes. beyond a
1: point so number 1 how do i help you imagine what the future will look like number 2 how do i help you implement it and number 3 how do i create value for anyone who's interacting with our community and building that community because i think whether it be you know t- hiring talent which is tough you know uh, whether it's hiring talent finding new customers or you know keeping existing talent the idea is all stakeholders must be happy and we have to create win-wins. Uh, I don't believe in any other way of conducting business but to create a you know, mutual value increase. Uh, so that's the philosophy we I, I run by and I think the company by default also runs by. So, yeah.
0: so has your past experiences helped define the brand called Roshan?
1: My, the brand of Roshan? The brand of Roshan, yeah. I don't think it's a brand yet, (laughs) being very honest. Maybe touch what it will, you know, but uh, yeah, definitely. I I mean, my background is interesting. The accent is real because I was born in the U.S. (laughs) A lot of people get confused. They're like, why is this guy speaking like, like, accent?" yeah, just random accent. So I was born in the U.S. And like I mentioned, my father was an entrepreneur. So I moved back to India when I was four, five, when I was five years old. And I grew up in Chennai. So I truly am a global citizen and that's actually how I was exposed. I studied in in the American school, exposed to a variety of different cultures. And from a very young age, I started understanding people. I didn't, I'm not a techie by default, actually. By degree, I'm actually a finance guy.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. But I think I've always understood people. And my first venture was actually a nonprofit uh, when I was back in high school. Uh, I wanted to gamify uh, English education. So I actually assembled a couple of people from my school. Uh, There was a nonprofit called Chirag based in Chennai that was working with corporation schools. And I affiliated with uh, another, you know, I think it was an IITN who built a gamified software, made myself a subsidiary of Chirag as an NGO so I could use CSR. This was back when I was in 11th grade and my first First venture was actually building these, uh, you know, computer rooms for uh, you know public schools and corporation schools in Chennai. And we were able to help about 10,000 students use a gamified English program in their schools. And I learned a lot. And I won't say that it was a grand success. It was a failure. At the end of the day, after two years, I learned, OK, sustainable. How do you grow a thing? Oh, I yeah, failed. Oh, yeah, but what I did understand is, you know, those failures oh, yeah, taught those, me. A lot.
0: Those are your learning, uh, you know, lesson.
1: And and if there was a penny for every single idea I'd have, I would be a millionaire for sure, because you can ask anyone in our family. I would just constantly keep giving ideas and playing with business models in my head, understanding different businesses, and constantly failing. Being very honest, <laughs> just keep failing and failing, but never. Never taking that as a failure, but actually as a learning moment. Learning yeah. And that has led to this. I mean, even when I was in Web3, right? We were learning at that point. I was deploying smart contracts for brands in fashion. Uh, We built a digital sneaker for uh, a very famous athlete as well. And, you know, Even when we made that happen, we learned that that's a failure because, you know, at the end of the day, crypto is unregulated. It doesn't protect customers. Right. I I know that BlackRock, as of like I think last week, has gone live with their spot ETF for Bitcoin. But the idea is we learned a lot from the customers. At the end of the day, we have to listen to the customers. I mean, my own sister, who who, you know loves me, of course, we're family, said I would not buy this NFT nonsense because I have a credit card. How can I buy it? right? And that was a aha moment. And what is a digital asset? Brands were talking about it, but it's not tangible, right? I think it will be there maybe 20 years from now when we live in a pure digital world, when, you know, data is being intertwined with the way we live in a very, you know, physical manifestation way, but not now. I think it'll happen. So I think right now, if you consider it, I call this, we're in web 2.5, you know, it's almost web 2 being the traditional, you know. You know, flat, flat 2D, 2D, 3D being completely, you know, digital, you know, the in the future, 20 years, we're in a transition phase right yeah. now. And and a I long think way to go. a long way to go. And my idea is I would love Immersive and the brand of Roshan to grow with, along that, with that, along with that. I have a lot of things to learn as well. so you know, it's, it's a pleasure to connect with, you know, other entrepreneurs. It's a pleasure to connect with, and I'm happy to be on this podcast as well.
0: That's amazing. Uh, yeah.
1: it's a very, very nice it's, it's opportunity. An honor to have you as well. No, no. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, uh, I think that's really inspiring your story and the way you've taken your journey. So what is that one advice you want to give to, you know, a digital entrepreneur? I'll
1: tell you a story instead. Yeah. When I was 18, I'm a, I'm a nature paitiam. in Tamil. That means crazy, right? I'm, uh, I love nature. nature. I think it is the best designer. It is Very the true. best sustainable, you know, inspiration. And at the end of the day, all of our ideas are, at the end of the day, inspired by, by nature. nature and I truly didn't think like this when I when when I started off. I just loved animals, and my dream was to go to Masai Mara and Kenya. So when I graduated high school, that was my graduation gift. So I flew down with my family, and I'm a city boy. I'm a true city boy. So I was in Africa and uh, we were in a beautiful, you know, luxury tent near the you know, the Masai Mara, you know, reserve. 5 a.m. the birds are going crazy. You know, there's two times in the day birds go crazy. Yeah, the, morning and, the sunset, and when the yeah, sunrise the and, and the sunset. Sunsets. So 5 a.m. I've never heard this many birds in my life. Yeah. The birds are going crazy and I'm a light sleeper. I woke up and I'm like, <laughs> these birds are <laughs> annoying, you know, like, so I wake up, I go outside and you know, there was a Maasai tribesman who was there, you know, he's part of the, you know, the, the, the people who helped maintain that property. And he says, my friend, why are you awake? Go back to sleep. It's quite cold. And the weather fluctuates a lot. So he and I'm next to this fireplace. And I'm like, dude, there's no way I'm going back to sleep. These, you know, beep word uh, birds are, you know, just annoying the hell out of me. I love animals, but this was too it's much. Too okay, much I love manage- sleep. Yeah. <laughs> especially 18-year-old Roshan. Now it's a luxury sleep, but 18-year-old Roshan wanted his sleep, you know. And uh, he said, he laughed about it, and he said, I'll tell you a story, my friend. So at, in the morning, birds are not saying, you know, they're not just randomly chirping. They're actually saying, oh, my God, we're alive. We've lived another day, you know, because at night, they're not saying good night, They say goodbye. Because at night, anything can happen. Anything a snake can, can climb yeah. up the tree, it can kill the, the, the bird, it can... An egg can fall off, right? Your baby could, you know, from natural causes. There is, it is nothing is certain. Nothing is certain in this world, and it took me three years to understand this. At that moment, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Can we switch off the birds? Like, (laughs) at that point, I was just like, dude, like, can I get coffee? Like, I'm awake, you know. But I think that moment just kept reflecting back in my head, even when I was in college, and. At a certain point, it became part of my own life philosophy, which I would advise to any entrepreneur, to anyone. I think this is my philosophy. And I do believe that every philosophy is customized to each individual. There is only one absolute truth that there is no absolute truth. So everyone has their own story. But for me, this is what my guiding principle is. What I I made that out as is, it's a luxury to be a human. We're the only animals in the world that can take tomorrow for granted.
0: Very true.
1: So, at night we say goodnight. good night. we don't say goodbye. In the morning, we don't say thank God I'm alive. We know tomorrow I'm going to be alive for the most part.
0: Most part
1: yeah. We are guaranteed three meals a day for the most part as well. I know there are a lot of people who don't get that privilege, but
0: for a lot of us, this is a privilege,
1: privilege that we can yeah. have. It is a privilege to be a human. And so, by default, according to the laws of nature, you've already succeeded. Every day you wake up, you are successful because you've survived another day, just comprehend that because now everything else you do with your time, with your life, is bonus. So do the things that you love. Do what comes naturally to you. Follow your gut, follow your instincts, because believe it or not, those are what's going to guide you down the path. And and at the end of the day, if you fail, it doesn't matter. You're still alive, right? If you if you succeed, it also doesn't matter because there's only one true success, having life. So, and, and the process, you know, don't do harm to other people's lives, right? Make sure you maintain your life, do things that are responsible for your life and main, maintaining your success. And if you do this and you live every day like this, I guarantee you that you will be happy, number one. And number two, you will be in a happier path. And if you do what you like, you will always not think of it as work and so i i think that is that is my advice just follow your passions
0: follow your passion because your we passion. only
1: have limited time mm-hmm. and you have to make the most of it most of it
0: and take failing as a lesson
1: take failing mm-hmm. as a lesson yeah. yeah
0: so that's amazing roshan amazing to have you on the podcast the podcast was more about you know marketing and you know entrepreneurship and about brands how brands build you know stories and sell and all that and all but then you've also given us another you know uh, insight on how an entrepreneur should be thinking as well or how any human they... should be thinking actually yeah <laughs> i don't know went if it's, on to one, uh, level, an entrepreneur so, and all but... No, not, but it went to another level one level extra but i think that was an amazing uh, insight from somebody as young as you uh, to give us
1: thank you i appreciate so, that no thank you thank you for your time i enjoyed so drinks are after this, or yeah, drinks are off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great, lovely having you on this. No,
1: show. Lovely having you. Thank you thank so you, much.
0: Thank you. Yeah.